Welcome to Paulas, a podcast about real life experiences from the mouths of legit working class people. Hiya! Hey up! I'm Selena. And I'm um, just a couple of Paulasses doing a podcast. Hey up, Selena, how are we doing? I am uh, alright, yeah? Not bad. Good, good. Well, you know. I just had a brew, so I'm alright. Well, everything's right with the world then, isn't it? Um, we. I've not had his tea yet, so that falls flat on its arse for today's intro, because, you know, usually we like to do the Barbara Royal, but alas, so speaking of Barbara Royal, over the past few months, I'd like to tell you all that I have smashed the entirety of Gilmore Girls, which took three whole months of my life, and then I went straight into the Royal Family rewatch, all in order from the beginning, and let me tell you (laughs) the paradox of this experience of high society and into grot bag society. <laughs> so beautiful, beautiful difference there, people. And uh, <laughs> related to that, we'd like to share some shocking news with you. So you might want to just make sure you sat down, um, took a deep breath. Yeah, so you get everyone sat down. And um, so we discovered that Ralph Little isn't working class. <laughs> so yeah, I, I know you probably all need a minute. Like- we needed a minute. <laughs> he never like shouted that he is, but also that's it's just assumed, isn't it? He's I mean, we we want him to be one of us, you see, so that's why we don't question it. Because he's Anthony. Alas, he went to private school. And the thing is, when we were looking into it, like like with some sort of personal private investigators, we um noticed that <laughs> when we went on his Wikipedia. Yeah, we we, we really dug deep. <laughs> Got to his Wikipedia, and it's there. And his parents were accountants. So, anyway, now that we've ruined your day, we'll hope to bring it right back up with some lols. And uh, <laughs> this <laughs> this latest episode is about money. And much like the food episode, we had a shit ton of people wanting to talk to us about it. So we've had loads of topics come through, um, loads of chats in the DMs. As ever, keep it coming, people. We love it when you send us. Um, ideas and comments and questions also it means that we don't have to like dredge through our repetitive gallery of the same things that we always talk about so keep sending them in um so yeah i guess selena as this one was your idea i'll pass over to you to get things kicked off yeah i'm trying gonna try not to monologue because i've i feel like i don't want to get all my thoughts and feelings out in my one big breath because i feel like you said it's going to be a weighty one isn't it um, but the other week, I was reading uh, the book you got me for Christmas, which is, is really good. It's like a collection of essays um, by uh, black women. And um, I was reading one, and I was into it, because, you know, we had some similar things going on. I think her grandma was from the Caribbean, and, you know, she may have grown up with one parent, I think, you know, grew up with, like, not much money. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then she was saying, like, in her early 20s, she got into, like, loads of debt and it's hard when you've not got, like, you know, you can't just go to your parents and be like, sort me out. Um, but then it was this whole thing where, like, she just, I think she attended a, a, a seminar or something and was, like, actually became aware of her money and how she was spending and became, like, you know, got financial literacy and then then she then she managed to pay all the debts off 
like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm shorting it down. And it just didn't sit with me. I was like, yeah, I think people understanding money and how it works is great. But also, I don't know, I just feel like that probably wasn't the reason why you had no money. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like this weird thing of, oh, I suddenly just realised I need to spend my money differently or do this and do that. And then once I'd figured that out and stopped spending and budgeted and learned and appreciated and... And it was like having the confidence to ask for more money in a job as well and knowing her worth and all of this, which is all brilliant. But I'm like, but that isn't going to fix. Like, you know, there's families growing up that don't have money. Just understanding money isn't going to make them not have money. So I I don't think that was the point of her essay. Like, I think it was like, it was more to say to people, become financially literate and you, you life will be you'll it'll work for you for better um but yeah so then I, I, was, I was reading it in bed then i went on like some like half hour like spiral about money and i started being like what even is it when it means like you earn so much what's good what's entry level i was like i know i earn a shit wage like in the grand scheme of things but what's like granted like said there's a good wage and i was like googling what my friends earn compared to what I earn. I'm like, oh my God, I work the same hours, but they earn four times as much. How am I in this terribly paid job? What is this? And then next thing you know, I'm like, oh, how do, how do I have not got all these savings? How do you know when to do savings? What about pensions? What about this? And I was just like, I think I was a bit off it, just Googling me like, money, man, it's mad. And then I was like, how have we not done an episode dedicated to just money? Like, obviously we talk about money and we talk about how having no money does not, equate to being working class you know we've had many people along the poor last years be like oh I'm a skint student which is completely different to be like working class or growing up what people say like benefits class things like that but yeah and I think just talking about money which is a broad subject but often what it boils down to when people say oh but are you you know like what working class is and obviously this is called poor lass (laughs) it's about like being poor you know there's many there's some lols around the name but yeah so I feel like let's just uh, sit down and talk about money and I guess like to to start that because it's a good sentence to segue into this is the fact that working class people don't talk about money or typically speaking don't anyway and a, a generational thing I think we've talked about before about how my dad said to me listen like very firm she's how my dad speaks right all the time Listen, I don't want to work. I don't want to know how much you earn. So don't even try and tell me because I don't want to know. <laughs> right? So you've got one side of it where we're not going to talk about it. So how are you ever going to know if it's, like you said, enough, too too little, you know, ex- like crazy amounts more than anybody else? It was like when I'd spiralled off in bed and I was like, what's my attitude towards money? And I, it's like this weird thing where I think many other people agree that when you're growing up you think you I don't I think I was watching some crap like poor oldie rich oldie the other day and you know like they always have the outcome she's like it doesn't matter how much money you've got you know like the poor family were like we've spent this much money on the holiday and I enjoyed it but no more than our normal crappy caravan holiday and it's like you know I'd rather have this than money but when you're growing up you just think like oh if I had money it's because you're worrying about not having money in certain situations if you had money everything would be all right but then kind of like you kind of hate money because it makes you feel like that because you haven't got it does that make sense I've often, yeah you know sometimes i've been like oh i hate money it's just like oh i hate it why does it exist like i wouldn't have to worry about this or make these decisions in my life if money didn't exist so i think it's that and then like 
I think we often people talk about money in different ways. Like the conversations I've had with my family about money is more like, we haven't got money. How will we get money? Or when we have got money, woo, let's spend it because we've got money and everything's great. As opposed to like conversations, like I've spoken to middle class friends who have conversations with their parents about money, and it's very different to how I have conversations <laughs> with my family about money. And yeah, because I think like, like you saying your dad's like, I don't know how much you earn. Don't tell me. But you're saying that's, that's a generational thing as well. But even like the fact that I, you know, after some Googling, figured out that my, because I only work part time as well. So trying to figure out, you know, people are like, what's your, what's your yearly? I don't get salary. I get paid per hour. So people are like, oh, what's, what's your income? And I'm like, hold on. Let me, let me work it out. So they're doing some maths on my calculator. <laughs> and then I'm like, this much a year? And they're like, is that, I'm like, yeah, that's bad, isn't it? Um, but then I remember like a couple of years ago, I learned that only by like 10, 20p, so I work in retail, my sister works in HR, my mum works for the NHS, but I was getting paid more than them. And I'm like, oh, and if I'm like on a shit pay, then they must also be getting shit paid. So why are we all in these jobs that are shit pay in like in the grand scheme of things, you know? And it's that weird thing of, it's like good, you know, saying, oh, you can have this kind of pay and this kind of that and how much do you earn? But I don't think we ever got, we never had these conversations being like, oh, well, you know, when you're this age, you should, you be lucky, you want to look for a job that is this much a year. And when you're that age, that you want to look for a job that, that is, is like this much a year. We just want a job, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, you take what you can I get as well. People have yeah. very different conversations. Yeah. And it's always like, oh, so yeah. So my attitude towards money is kind of like, I hate it. But then, I don't know, it's like you you're chasing it. But you don't want it. It's like a love-hate relationship. Is that what they call it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, it's interesting you said about you know having a certain amount of money by a certain age because that's very much like that whole millennial girl boss approach of um, asking for money or you know asking for a raise and part of that whole culture of being really open about money and making sure you know there's not a gender pay gap situation going on. So trying to make sure you know. Can I, is there a way I can check that my male colleague is getting paid the same amount as me or not? You know, all these different things that have come in the, the last few years with that whole transformation. And I know, you know, it is a thing to say 20 before 20 or 30 before 30. That That's the thing. And oh, is that a thing? Oh, yeah. I've not heard that, so that's good yeah. to know. So I failed at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's totally a thing. And, like, you know, we were, we were laughing... At, could you imagine just going to your retail manager and being like, so, and you've got your, you know, shop, um, bando, I am very busy, uh, book under your arm, and you're like, right, um, well, I am a girl boss, and um, I believe that you're not paying me enough, and just <laughs> imagining that that would go any other way than getting booted out the door and re- getting replaced instantly. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I feel like whenever anyone's talking about a job, even, like... From little things, I've always found this annoying. You're like on the radio or stuff or something, and they're like, yeah, it's bank holiday weekend, it's Easter weekend, everyone's having like four days off. And I'm like, no, that's like certain jobs. And I think often now in this chat, I've been like, girl boss, know your worth, you know. It, it's it's marketed to a certain job. So it isn't a job where you're getting paid an hourly rate. And I think a lot of working class people, maybe not all that lives, but a lot of who work in those positions where you get a paid an hourly rate. So... <laughs> 
because obviously you can put things like zero hours contract, especially like the art sector and stuff. But I do think it's like, like you said, I can't be rocking up being like, I need to negotiate my pay because they'd be like, we, well, you, you work in a shop, so this is just what you get paid. And this is why everyone gets paid. And I'd be like, yeah, but um, I know my worth, so can I get paid more than that other supervisor because they're not asking for it? Yes, but I've got ten thousand followers on Instagram. <laughs> again the the older you get and the more i say like i'm speaking as a working class person to working class people at this point like as we get older and we understand what each other earns because at some point we will tell each other like there's that social conditioning for me where my dad used to say all that stuff so i just never asked people um i still don't i still find it super awkward but sometimes you can get into those conversations with people and you're like oh okay that's interesting and what what was like mind blowing for me like I'm 34 now and only in my 30s have I really started talking about money with people and you know I discovered that some of my friends who were in what would be deemed as like working class jobs earn far far more than I do and then there's the world that I'm in now in tech which pays a crazy amount more than a lot of my other friends are paid and it's like this strange world of who who decides what people get paid because it's not about graft, is it? You know, like, we grow up thinking you work hard, you know, this whole work hard, play hard thing. Like, it's not. Like, loads of jobs. You're sat at a desk. Yeah, you're using your brain, you know, and you can, you know, there'll be some kind of measure that you as a one individual has, you know, made this company, I don't know, X amount of thousand pounds. So that's how they justify how much they pay you. But then there's other jobs where, and this is this actually came from a conversation with my dad, and he was like, yeah, it's it's not about graft. Like, sometimes you can work your absolute arse off. People know that you're willing to work your arse off regardless. So then they don't give you promotion opportunities because they want you for themselves. They're not going to let you get up into that next level of the business when they can get all that graft off of you. You know, and I mean, that's how he speaks. It's very matter of fact. But it's true. You know, if I if I think about the, the people that I know and the family members that I've got and the, the massive amount of, I guess, wage disparities depending on what jobs they've got. Like, you know, my friends that get paid the highest um, are actually in sales and are working class people more than any other job. And I know a lot of, you know, I'm very much a millennial in my 30s and I work in tech. You know, the sales is massive, but you wouldn't know that. You know, I think a lot of rich people or middle class people would look down on certain roles but actually, they're probably getting paid more than you, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it must be to do with like this capitalist idea of what you bring to the table, you know, which is why salespeople get so much more money than other areas, because they can quantify. You know, if I didn't come into work today and make this amount of money selling what I've just sold, then you wouldn't get your pockets lined. Whereas if you work in a shop or if you work... In fact, better example, if you work in like the NHS or you're a care worker, you know, typically like care workers starting on minimum wage and what what are you bringing to the table? You're just keeping somebody alive? Wow, that's not making anyone any money, is it? You know? Which is like ridiculous because that's like such a hard job as well. Yeah. And again, yeah. a job that's taken by a lot of working class people. And like you said, they're often, they literally start at minimum wage 
And and again, another role this year that has proved kind of like is life threatening essentially, but yet you still like at the bottom end of the pay bracket. And I'm like, who made this role that you doing physical, emotional, and mental work for many hours is actually? But like I said, I think yeah, it's not really lining anyone's pockets, is it? So. <laughs> That's that's all I can think of at this point when I ponder these things. I think it it must just simply be you're actually making us money. The end. I think um, another thing for me in terms of like earning money and getting stressed and confused and like guilt because I think when you start earning more money as well, you do feel guilty. Yeah. In a way, do you know like like you feel like. Am I doing enough to earn this much money, or or am I not? Because I think because I work part time in retail, so um, like with that as well. This is like this is how much you get paid an hour. These are the hours that you do. So this is your wage. It's very like easy to understand how much I get paid. But then because my other half of my job is like self employed freelance, and I do like workshops and I've done like you know artwork and being on panels and stuff. And I, the the side of that I hate is the money side. I hate it. Like, I hate knowing, like, figuring out how much something's worth. People like ask me, "What's your rate? How much is that? How much you were?" And I'm like, "How do you? How are you supposed to know? If I'm earning ten pounds an hour, in my brain, am I supposed to justify like a hundred pounds an hour? Do you know what I mean?" <laughs> and I'm like, "How how can I balance this? Like, I'm like." But I earn ten pounds an hour for standing around knowing a hundred product information and the benefits and dealing with the general public and everything else and making sure the shop runs well. But then I could sit at home and now do like a panel on Zoom and be paid like a I'm just like, what? I, yeah. So I hate that question and I struggle with that. And even with like guides and stuff, because a lot of people asking you know I've started doing things people are like oh do you know do I talk and talk about you know making like art as your career or knowing how to get paid and things like that and burn I'm like I don't know how to do any of these things you're asking the wrong person <laughs> and it's like and even to the day I'm always like asking my friends going how much do you think I should ask for does this sound stupid I need people basically who earn more money than me to tell me if this is a silly amount of money to ask for um, because I, it makes me feel a bit weird asking for like big money for something. I'd rather just people say, "This is my budget." I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine." I say that all the time. Like, "Yeah, that's fine." Like, what? What if like no. again? You know, you're not not necessarily like paycheck to paycheck, but you want to get paid at the end of the day. You need to pay your bills and all that stuff. And like, if someone's offering you an opportunity, you don't want to go. Yeah, well, I'd like a thousand pound, please. And then they're like, "Lol, phone down, never speaking to you again." You know, you it's like getting that <laughs> getting that middle ground, isn't it? And I think there is good like resources because I think there's a bit ago like the White Pube they put lists up of what in, art institutions and galleries and companies paid for certain jobs, and then my friend was telling me about um, how Arts Union England they've got a good because um, honestly it's so hard like how do you work out your time, your labour, how much something costs? They had a good um, table of like if it's this. Um, then maybe charge this much and so on. But the thing that I found difficult with that was that they based that on if you were a graduate, which I'm not. 
but I think it just relates to experience. But even then, I was like, I've instantly been like, this is not for me. I don't know how much to charge for something. So it was like, if you're a graduate, then it's this much. If you graduated five years ago and have this much experience, it's this much. I'm like, but I'm not a graduate, and I've never graduated. Graduate from the school of life, mate. I'm just like. <laughs> That's your yeah. shot for your drinking game right yeah. there. And kind of, so like, you know, when I ask other people so I can, you know, get a balance. It's like when you're asking for a quote for something and you always have to get three. So you, someone always <laughs> overquotes you too much. They're like, oh, you come to fix my roof. Someone gives you like a stupid, device. like, that's very expensive. Then someone gives you like super cheap and you're like, why is that so cheap? And then there's one in the middle. So you're like, I'll go for that one. Cause that <laughs> Little Goldilocks. It's that same thing. But yeah, I do find, because I find it difficult asking for money anyway. Uh, which I think a lot of my working class friends say things like they they find it hard just asking for money. Yeah. So even and it's this way things like yeah, but you know, you're a feminist, you're a girl boss, know your worth. But also, <laughs> I literally feel weird being like, this is how much you should pay me for doing this thing. And I guess it's that thing in the back of your head as well. Someone's like, oh, is that a proper job? Yeah. Like, is that a proper job? <laughs> Apparently, because I get paid like way more than my other job, which I think is my proper job. Get wait pay way more for this other job. So yeah, um, I I don't have the answer. I just know that I hate it, and that's money and asking for it. Um, yeah. So an, another thing that you know when I've been obsessing about money was like savings and stuff. And we probably talked about it before, like that. I think we talked about it when we had um, Kathleen on. And we were talking about like safety nets and things like that. It's kind of all tied together for me. And this idea that everybody has savings and like this idea that you just know to have savings, if that makes sense. So like, um, you know, if you say like, oh, I'm skint, I've got no money. People think you mean I've got no money in this account, but then I've got another account that has got my savings in. And it's like, no. That that's I literally mean this is how much money I have. Because if I had savings, then I wouldn't say I've got no money. <laughs> I'd say like I've got money. And it's like who tells you to save? And like who because I've had, I've asked people like, Oh, did your parents tell you to save? And it's like this unwritten rule that you get to a certain age and you just have savings. I remember once my sister saying that someone said to her, like, Oh, have you not got savings? Why have you not got savings? She was like, Because I barely have enough money each month to like survive that oh just put so much aside each month and you've got savings like it's not like I feel like it's this idea that if you you don't have savings because you don't know about them which people don't like you don't know that's a thing you're supposed to have in case you need it for an emergency but it's also this idea that you don't have savings just because you don't know about that it's not because you can't afford to save some extra money um so yeah, savings blow my mind a little bit. But then also like I feel like within the past like couple of years, my freelance work has kind of picked up. So I've had a lot more jobs. And then also obviously this past year because I I've not been getting the bus to work as much or leaving the house or doing anything that's fun. I've like not been spending as much money. So for the first time in my life, because I've had like savings before in the terms of like, I'm going to go on holiday. So I'll save this much to go on holiday. But usually I'll go on holiday with a credit card and then pay it back. So it's like reverse savings, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so I've kind of like started getting savings. And then somebody else um, had this said a question. So it's like this strange feeling of being able to save, which now I'm like, this is weird. Um, 
and then but like then getting obsessed by it so I am a bit obsessed by it now and even though I'm like oh a big chunk of that I'll go out when I have to pay my tax this year and it's also this thing like I'd have I've, friends and family owe me money because I've lent it to them because they needed it so that's added to my so I've actually got more money so like normally my savings have been money that I give to people when they need it but now it's like I've just got these savings and I'm like maybe I'll save for a house but yeah I've got like fully obsessed <laughs> at the age of 36 that I have started to have savings but yeah it's just like I feel like there's, there's a whole it's a bit like knowing how much you you should earn I think there's this whole like unwritten like a like a club that you should know about saving money and like people just telling you you should just have savings yeah I find it very strange and also like gives me like like it's extreme privilege to have savings but then I feel weird about having savings I think some of my mum's attitude is like you could be dead tomorrow or every day's a rainy day <laughs> to revert famous sayings so it's like and then I'm like well I've saved all this money but I, I, I could be dead tomorrow so what's the point where's the money go but also then people say I'm saving it for a rainy day but every day is a rainy day which is true because I live in Manchester so every day is a rainy day but you know this idea that you know I guess you need it if your boiler breaks and things like that but you, yeah just having savings for no reason is is very weird to me like well, what are you saving for if you're not saving for something why I think as well it goes back to like how you start saving so like me and you we're just getting into saving in our 30s but like some people have savings account again it reminds me of the royal family where they're constantly like taking money out of the kids savings accounts to (laughs) to buy just anything (laughs) with aren't they all the time but um yeah some people have just had a, a savings account and like when they get to 18 or whatever they've got loads of money or whether 21 or i don't know how it works just know what from TV. <laughs> it's like safe for them till a certain age, isn't it? So they don't blow it all. I think my sister had, yeah, my sister had one of them. They had a, it had a name back in the 90s. Um, uh, my mum started off with my sister, then I think my dad cashed it in. Because, um, <laughs> you know, when he was being a bad dad, he cashed it in, so none of us else. Because we was like, we'll save for university. She didn't get to university. I don't think she even got to like age 10. I don't think I was even born before you cashed it in, and then so then yeah, that went. That never happened again for any of the other children. <laughs> and you know, there's there's like other other people who will have one of them, and they'll just be like, yeah, and you know, they'll know all about ices and shit because they will have been like making their money work for them. Is the phrase in it? Make your money work for you, like because they've already got a shit ton of money, and they go, wow, I can make how much interest? Brilliant. Whereas if you've only got twelve quid in there, you're not going to make no interest. <laughs> <laughs> like oh shit oh I'm like a tennis short again this oh. month gonna nip into that ice <laughs> I had like it's, it wasn't nice it was like some other it was meant to be like a high interest account and I'd worked out my interest and I worked it out wrong and I was getting giddy for this payout come December and then I was like oh it was like £4.50 oh, it was <laughs> like, remember that episode of Derry Girls as well where like the one girl that's not like the one girl that's rich is going on all the you're going like a school trip to France and they're like how do we pay for it or just ask your mum and dad for the trust fund or something or whatever they called it like and they all go home and go wow did we not know about this thing and they're all yeah just laugh at them and be like, don't have one of those <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I just catch that so I can go on holiday to France in school and they were like no it's not a thing that exists <laughs> it's like yeah just this unwritten rule that you have I don't know and I feel like it baptizes like financial literacy again it's like they are good it is good to have this money but then 
if you need that money for the here and now, then how do you have it? Like, how do you save it? Yeah, like, oh, I can't pay my rent this month, but I've got a great healthy savings account going. Really is coming along well. (laughs) Mum, mum, why are we sitting in the dark? You've got no electric, but my savings are looking fat. <laughs> I may be homeless, but check out my ISA. Oh, it's going on night. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I feel like I need to have like a goal. Not a goal, but I think I need to feel like I'm doing something practical with it. Yeah. But then also half of me is also like let me know if you need any money because I've, I've got savings now <laughs> you know like uh, skin. like people have an emergency like my family and friends like oh I'm like it's alright I can lend you and then I'm like I mean people have probably money for like two years so it might never come back but in my head it's in my savings <laughs> you know yeah but I don't know I feel weird about it it is weird and like Earning money is weird when you're not used to it. Having savings is weird. And even, like, what you decide to spend your money on is weird. So, like, what you've said before about what your mum says, and, like, similar to what we... I think I've mentioned it before, that that my mum says all the time is, my mum treats it like it's a nice gesture, like she's done something nice when she says, well, when I win lottery, I'll get you it. As if she's just done a good deed and she's really pleased with herself when she says it. Like, mum. <laughs> like, but money is totally weird. And like you say, if you don't have a thing, like if it's not a house or you're paying for education or something, you're just like dangerously close to one day just buying like a 70-inch telly. Because <laughs> you can. <laughs> I think, no, yeah. I think maybe the thing is, before this point, I'd have gone... Well, I'm just going to go on early to America or something. Oh, like, you know, I'd have gone d- done one big thing. But because I can't do that, because the global pandemic has stopped me, <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe that's why I've, uh, yeah, why, why I, I've been able to uh, save my money. But even, like, habits and stuff. Cause I was saying to you before, it's that weird thing that you check your bank regularly, even though, you know, I've got a job that I know I get paid on a certain day each month. I know what goes in and out of my bank. But, like, if you say to someone who hasn't grown up working class or ever, you know, like, lived, like, very, you know, what is that, is that the sayings, like, below the bread line or whatever, mm. and you're like, oh, is that refund coming yet? You know, like, and they're like, oh, I don't know, I've not checked. You've not checked. How have you not been checking every day that this refund hasn't come in? Because, I don't know, because you don't check your bank regularly. And, like, I don't know, I feel like you just... Cause I think my mum checks the bank every day still. And I check it quite often. You just need to know, like, what's going on. And I think that, you know, habits like that, even though I know there's money in there, but I just need to make sure it's not all gone away. Well, do you know, like, when, you, um, when you're, when you like, waiting in a queue for a cash point and there's usually some golden oldie printing off one of them fucking mini statements, and you're like, <laughs> Mama, come on! <laughs> with your bloody mini statements. <laughs> she loves the mini statements. Then she's like, what's going on here? Oh, no, it's gone out. I thought I had more. What's going on? Do you know, and I think, I guess that's probably, you know, like I, I mentioned, like maybe your parents teach her. But the fact that, like, my mum now at age 63, that's how old she is, um, 
you know, is still living like that. You know, she's not she's not thinking about like she loves saying now, Oh, I'm bored of working now. I've worked since I was fourteen, I'm over it. But she ain't stopping working anytime soon. And that's whole idea that like, you know, she's still she's not thinking about retiring and living comfortably like you're supposed to at her age. She's like, Right, let me get me mini statement. So like I you know, I've not been taught how to work for a chunk of your life and then earn enough money and then not work. That's not that's not how I've, how I've been shown. Yeah, and like we we talked before about if if you're a person who has kids and you have money and you've got money for them and you give them allowances or you give them one of them ices whatever till they're 18 and all that stuff. That's kind of your money, right? You've earned that money, you're giving it to your kid. You've got a vested interest in them managing that money well which would explain why certain people just understand money you know when when parents say things like oh what's this job you're applying for do you get any do you get insurance with that you know do you get any pension contributions and stuff like that well if you haven't got one of them parents and you haven't got a clue about this stuff then you're not going to get the best out of them jobs are you? you're not going to choose the right options like i remember the the first job that i had that did have those options and it was like, how much do you want to put into a pension? Um, you know, and like different insurances and stuff. And I was like, what on earth do I do with this? And I, it's not like I could ring my mum and dad up. Oh, by the way, what do you do with this pension stuff? I had to go and ask friends. And again, you know, we said earlier, it's not always like a thing to be like talking to your mates about money and benefits things. Um but yeah, it, you, you're not schooled and you're not ready for that world and you have no idea, you know, tack on to this, the fact that everybody knows I'm bankrupt. Well, I'm not anymore. <laughs> I'm free of it as of last year. But, you know, you you find yourself in these situations because the world does not teach you about them. So much so, you can be a 27-year-old bankrupt. <laughs> oh, dear. And that's the thing. It's like, but some people do know. So that, that's why I'm assuming, because... Like somebody commented being like, why don't you get taught about like pensions and insurance at school instead of like the names of some dead kings or whatever? <laughs> like yeah. that's what somebody said to us. Because it's like, well, if I didn't get taught at school, then how does this person know? And I don't know. And more often than not, that person probably isn't working class that knows. So that's why I'm like, maybe your parents just told you. But then, mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Like, you know, I know my mum cashed in her pension because she needed the money. Do you know what I mean? You know? To her, that yeah. was just some money, that, like a savings, that was some money that was sat there that she needed. So I don't need it in 40 years' time, I need it now, so can I have it? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, is this like, I guess it's like a, a privilege to be able to prepare your money for the future. Yeah, because you don't need it now. Yeah. The working class, yeah, you don't have. So then when you are, like, for example now, I don't have any dependents I just really have to like I still live at home so I contribute there but I still have to I only really have to look after me so I'm in a privileged position of my money is kind of mostly for me but I don't know how like what do I do with it (laughs) you know it's like yeah it's that weird thing of no one's taught me how, how to make it work for me I think that's the phrase in it. And I'm sure that's what they use on adverts as well. Make your money work for you. Um, yeah, I think that's what it is. But yeah, how do you know? How do you know like what, what an investment is? And like, I suppose it goes back to this 
very topical situation at the moment about that whole shorting thing. And I'm not going to say too much more because honestly, I've read about it a bunch of times. I've watched TV shows on it. I've watched The Big Short and I still don't really get it. <laughs> so I'm not going to like sound like a proper dickhead trying to explain it. But I think it, it kind of is topical in this respect because we've got all these people that we're supposed to trust, right? That look after our money or, you know, the people that have got savings and they've put it into stocks and shares and whatever. Again, you know, asterisks, I ain't got a clue what I'm talking about. But <laughs> um, we're like trusting these people, these big banks and whatever, with all this money in all the world. And there's just this, this blind trust. And all these people are doing is like just playing games and like fucking people over and doing dodgy shit. But somehow it's within the law and they're clever enough to to know the law and get around it and do all these mad things or think they're doing mad things which is why it's excellent when people on reddit just overthrow them all which is brilliant but you know if you think about those guys they're like doing what's within the law but it's absolutely off its head because the law has been created to help certain people and not others and then we have the other side of it where you've got like little old ladies um, and traveler culture and like a bunch of other people who will keep money like sewn into mattresses or hidden under floor tiles or whatever because they don't trust the banks and they don't want people to know how much they earn and you know this this whole like off the books thing and off the grid like you've got all these extremes and it's just so mad that in in the same world that all exists you know it's even yeah that's it's like that um i love relating everything back to that now you know that that thing like what's classy if you're rich but trashy if you're poor oh yeah we love that one it's playing the sisters like, oh cheating the benefit but even like the, the assumption that people not only know how to make their money work but like people that have bank accounts and stuff like you're saying people don't and that was our main worry then we were at work we were like we're not having cash we were like we don't even that we're like we don't want to kind of you know exclude people that don't have bank accounts and therefore don't have a card like people there's like people that assume that everybody's got a bank account and has money and not only that people have money in their bank account which is like no first of all stop but that the fact that people have this place where they keep all their money it's like no <laughs> for many reasons many people don't or can't so no yeah well do you stop know it. remember when when i was freshly bankrupt and I couldn't get a bank account. But then, in order to get the benefits from the job centre, I needed to have a bank account. And that's when, you know, I started, like, finding out about Monzo and stuff. And that opened my eyes to, like, all the other people as well. So people who have just come out of prison, people who are, you know, new to the country. There's loads of yeah, people... Status, yeah. yeah, that are in the circumstance where you can't claim benefits, you can't apply for jobs... Sometimes you can't even apply for housing. All of these things until you've got a bank account. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell? What, what are we doing here? Forcing people down this path. But also putting these, you know, I guess like gatekeeping who can and can't as well. Um, so yeah, it's a bloody mad thing, is money. I think um, you're saying gatekeeping then. In, and there's the kind of like the spin on that is that when you are, I've grown up working class and as a, you know essentially you earn like loads of money for whatever reason like you know you, you're earning like good good big man money um that the there's still a world that's being 
as I say, gatekeeped. That's not. That's not the. <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> is that how you say it? <laughs> like you know, what was it? What was that? The saying you were saying. Um, oh, your money's no your good money's, here. What did you say? Yeah. Like the whole idea that even though you could be as rich as this next person, because you haven't come from money, you're still not fitting in, and your money isn't making you any like as good as us sort of thing yeah like you're not the same kind of rich like the the phrase i always kind of picture it as being you know on certain films where it's people who are poor or it's you know it's a racist thing or like it's just a you know we don't want your kind around here type rhetoric of you know even though you've got the money in the bank if you're nouveau riche you're still not coming in your money's no good here you know you're not one of us and I think there's just this this whole thing where, like, we always talk about how money and class is, is not the same. They're very much interlinked, but they're not the same. I think that sentence sums it up a lot. How, yeah, you, you can't, you can only buy your way so far, but people will still stop you coming in. Like, you know, this high society type thing, you can't fake your way in. Like, you won't be rich, you will always be nouveau riche, which is our favourite phrase, but, you know... It always makes me think of, and, and we, we talk about this, Selena, all the time, like certain celebrities um, who were working class and then make it big and then they get a reality show and you're just like, they're just like us. And those people will just never be able to make it in that other world. They're always just going to be us with, with more money. Like, it reminds me of, yeah. um, I've probably referenced this clip before as well because it's one of my faves, but um, when Kerry Katona had a reality show and she's just like talking to camera, stops for a minute, grabs a ponytail, tucks her hair into a t-shirt or top, whatever she's got on, leans over. She had a she had a cigarette behind her ear. Leans over and lights the cigarette on the hob, on the gas hob in the kitchen, and then carries on like. Oh, do you know what I mean? Just it, that it's moments it like... like that. <laughs> and like, if we're talking like celebrities and stuff. Um, it's weird with, with I think someone commented as well about like how you you get police and how you spend and this whole nouveau riche like obviously like Katie Price has had had the, that thrown out a lot and I feel like there was a to do not long ago because she was um, applying for like um, council founded grants to get Harvey into like specialist education and mm. people were kicking off being like why don't you just pay for it itself and I'm like it's, first of all, it's a lot of money. Second of all, if this is a thing that she can get for her son, and I'm like, if she wasn't, well, first of all, if she wasn't famous, I guess, but also if she wasn't somebody that, you know, is nouveau riche, would people be moaning that she's using government-funded money to send her son to school? Like, how many other families do that? How many do you know? You don't, but there probably are a few that could afford it still do it do you know what I mean it's like people kicking off and then the whole thing like we, we've gone like probably an hour and we've not mentioned old Marcus Rashford so, oh know, there he is like how, <laughs> you know he was like he's done all this great stuff and then the next day the papers were like he's bought three houses oh how dare he say kids haven't got any food and he's buying three houses it's like well that's his money that he's earned he can spend it on what he wants if he wants to buy three houses for himself and his family he can buy three houses do you know what he's doing he's investing his money he's securing his future is he not allowed to do that because he's from Wimshaw 
<laughs> no, was he not allowed to do that? Exactly that. That is know, the gatekeeping, isn't it? Like... You know, and our classic, our other mate that we've not mentioned. You know how Jamie Oliver was like kicking oh, off about you buy a flat screen TV, but you can't buy a vegetable. I'm. But you you get told what you can and can't buy so much when you are working class that nobody tells freaking rich people what they can and can't buy. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it's true, it's true. And I don't know um, I, I don't know if you saw the show, I can't remember what it's bloody called now. It were on after Grand Designs this week, so obviously, you know, tuning in to watch our Kev every week. And um, it was on afterwards, and it was called something like The Billionaire Build. And it was this guy, and um, he is, he's, he's bought this, it's not even a house, it's like several houses and a bit of land and then a townhouse linked at the back in Mayfair. It's like proper old, amazing buildings in Mayfair. And he's built it for, God, how much, he, he bought it for something like 70 odd million and he's renovating it. And um, I can't remember how much that he were going to sell it for. I mean, this is this show, this story is going dead well, isn't it? I can't remember any details whatsoever. But anyway, this guy, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, um, is a billionaire, and in the in the detail of who he is and on his Wikipedia page, he's it, called a philanthropist. And I always think like it's a right laugh when they call people philanthropists, because in order to be that generous, you've got to have loads of money in the fucking bank in the first place. So it's like when people are dead rich. And they live this amazing luxury life. They just like say, "Oh, yeah, well, I'm also a th- philanthropist. So can you just make sure you put that in my title, please?" Um, it's the same way they'd be like, "I made it all myself." It's like, "Well, yeah, but also because you you didn't you had loads of money as a safety net, so it didn't really matter what you did." Yeah, you exactly. Myself. And like, so this guy is from Stoke, right? And he was giving it this big one of being. You know, I'm from Stoke, and to be fair, he had the proper Stoke accent, which when you know Stoke accent, you just know it a mile off. I'm like, all right, boyo, you're a billionaire, let's see your story. And then within about 10, 15 minutes, I hated him. Because his house, it, it was spending so much, so much money on this house, and he was dead rude to all the people working on it. Um, and then it was just too over top. Like, you know, there's the policing of, of what you spend your money on. And, and this is like the opposite side of it. So everybody likes to chat shit about what poor people spend money on or what working class people spend the money on or nouveau riche people. But then what about this guy who, if you're a billionaire and you're calling yourself a philanthropist because you give like a few mil to, I don't know, Great Ormond Street or whatever, the relativity of like, I guess, he's giving away 2% of his wealth. Like compared to say Marcus Rashford who might be giving, I don't know how much percentage of his wealth, but a chunk of it. But it's like, how shit is that? You know, the to him, he can live this lavish life where he, he spends 70-odd million on renovating this massive house project. And, you know, he can spend 12 grand on a chair when 12 grand, he knows full well, could, like, fund a service or, like, a social group for a year. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, that blows my mind. Yeah, like, I, I don't particularly think... I think, you know, to, to chuck the brick back from the other side of the wall is I think it's a bit fucking rich, isn't it, to call yourself a philanthropist and maybe share 1% of your wealth, but then be fully aware of what your money can do. Well, yeah, yeah, as well, yeah. But, I mean, if you want to spend 12 grand on a chair, do that. But, like, if you do that, also know that that makes you a bit of a dick. 
you can have a nice chair you can you can lift <laughs> yourself into a world of you know oh do you know what like i'm gonna have three bogs in my house great but <laughs> 12 grand on a chair how can you say you're a philanthropist that's just nothing other than like <laughs> you being a bellend <laughs> It's ridiculous. Oh Christ. <laughs> but yeah, so oh um, so I guess the the other thing to that like kind of comes under all this that we like to talk about is how working class people become Tories when they get money. <laughs> They're all like Republicans in America. So my my favourite thing to tell people, just because I'm in a mood for like devoing people out, because we already said about Ralph Little. Well, also, did you know that <laughs> America's working class hero, Adam Sandler, is a Republican. I love telling people that Aww. and people get so devoted because Black do you know what? She yeah, and you know, Adam Sandler's my favourite and Scylla's a ledge and like but then they all just they all just get greedy. And I honestly think like I had this I never really understood why. And then I had this conversation. I don't agree by the way, I'm not about to reveal that I'm a big Tory. Um I sort of <laughs> understood I'm a Tory. By the way, guys, fuck this podcast, I'm a Tory. Um, I'm not is a, I'm a Tory. Mate, my granddad would just come back from wherever he is on a cloud or wh- wherever he lives in the afterlife. He'd come back and absolutely knock seven shades of shit out of me if I became a Tory. But anyway, um, uh, Adam Sandler, right. So he is very famously a Republican and it's Devoin, but still kind of... Um, did you not know? No. I can't believe it. That's one of my favourite party tricks to tell people that, that and ruin the day. Um, <laughs> is He still retains this this like personal brand, doesn't he, of like um, working class hero, wears sportswear to, to events and stuff like that. Anyway, so I had this conversation with a friend of mine's dad. So this friend of mine is American and her dad grew up um, in a trailer in Arkansas and oh, I can't remember now how there were over 10 kids it may may have been like 13 or 15 kids right and they were all in a trailer and he had this really really tough life like you couldn't take that away from him he had a really difficult life and he's now pretty comfortable owns a business and he's very like you could definitely call him nouveau riche he had a Cadillac right that was the first time I'd ever been in a Cadillac and it was a vintage one um, and it, it was the first time I'd been in a car where the seats, you know, like they're, they're like you turn that button and it's like the seats go warm. Was it the heated seats? Yeah, my cousins had that. Yeah, yeah just unreal. I was like, as if this is a thing. Oh my god. <laughs> but anyway, um, so that that was just like a game changing moment for me, like discovering that in this car. Anyway, so I got to talking to him because usually when my friends um, introduce me to their parents. If their parents are working class, my friends will always be like, oh, and Em like writes this thing and like talks about class a lot and she does this thing called Paulas. And parents who, especially if they've like gone on to be successful, they love talking about it. And so I had a really good chat with him for ages. And my friend was dead embarrassed because it went on for a long time. But he, at the end of it, was just like, yeah, well, you know, and, and I, I vote Republican now. I was like, but why? And he said, well... The way I see it is, I've worked so hard to make this money. I've jumped through hoops. You know, I've worked harder than the average person to get to where I am today. And I don't want to, to lose that money 
to paying taxes. He said, you know, the government's crooked and all this sort of stuff and I don't want to pay taxes because it doesn't even go to the people that need it. And they're taking all this money off me because I'm on this different tax bracket and I think it's unfair. And that was his reasoning. And for the first time ever, I was like, uh, okay, right, right. Still don't, still don't agree. And obviously, you know, there's lots to do with like where the funding goes, uh, like public funding models and stuff in different countries, whatever. I don't, I know very little about American politics compared to UK, but it was the first time I heard somebody explain it, you know, who had had a rough start and then got to making money. Um, but yeah, I just, again, it kind of comes back to that thing of, okay, I see what you're saying, but also you you would rather have a Cadillac when you could have like a nice, a, a fairly all right, decent car, knowing that that could like feed a kid for a year or whatever. Like where where does it, where does that moment come in where all of a sudden you go, actually some kind of luxury goods is more important for is, me than helping other people? I guess it's... It's weird, isn't it? Because like you've, it's like you've worked, like because my mum said um, my granddad voted Tory, and apparently like that that was like the one big family argument that they always had. Like, <laughs> her uncles would be like, she said like they'd be like spitting, like they'd be fuming every time. But I think he's he owned a little bit of land, and he was like a manual labourer. So he worked, he worked like on a farm, and mm. his he, his reasoning was like similar. I think it was like. You know, and I always joke about saying, like, you know, Scylla, soon, soon as you get a bit of money, you turn into a Tory. Um, I do also, I must point out, I do regularly check that um, Paul O'Grady hasn't become a Tory because, you know, first Scylla <laughs> was a Tory, then Barbara wins. And I was like, he's mixing me so many Tories. Please, somebody say Paul O'Grady. But it's OK, he's not a Tory. We can still like <laughs> Paul O'Grady. Um, <laughs> what was my, I've lost my point now. Um, Farmland. It's, and yeah, and I think that then it was like that time I was watching that Gordon Ramsay program where his son went and and lived a life like Gordon had. So he went and stayed with this like young teenager who had no job, was living on a sofa. And even though Gordon Ramsay had like a bit of a you know a shit upbringing in terms of like money and like not living with his parents and stuff, but obviously now he's like you know he's Gordon Ramsay. He's just like oh this young lad just needs to work harder like I did and then he, he'll be okay so like he got into that mentality that obviously he got taught as a kid that if you work hard you will achieve even but then his son his son who was growing up with loads of money was like yeah but daddy is really trying this this system's just against him but God knows he's like no no he's not trying hard enough and it's a, it's like this weird switch that even though he's lived that life he just thinks he's not trying hard enough because yeah. he's now Gordon big big balls ramsey in it <laughs> <laughs> but like even his son who's like lived a really comfortable life in terms of like money and shit was like no dad i don't think you quite get it you like it's but maybe a bit di- it's like you know you're in this position now but you know it's really hard for people who you know haven't got money and he wants to be your chef and he wants to do this and he's he's like no no just needs to work harder just needs to work harder and i feel like it's a similar thing of like becoming a tory <laughs> that's what happens but I don't, I don't know where that comes. Is it because it's what you got taught? So you think if you broke out and succeeded, and made your money and made this life that everybody else had didn't because they didn't try hard enough. Like that can't because not everybody can do that because then who would be working in these low paid jobs? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just so complicated and like that's why you know on previous podcasts like. I kind of go off on one a bit when people just say, oh yeah, capitalism, capitalism. 
I think for us it's important in this podcast for us as working class people to be able to talk about this stuff and not just simply go oh yeah capitalism because you know it's it's about real people talking about the real things and the real conversations that you have to have and I think there's there's an aspect of you pat yourself on the back because you have achieved something that maybe someone like you shouldn't have achieved or I don't know if it's like an ego thing you know where you're like well you know I had to work really hard so those um you know in the future they need to work as hard it's like that whole thing that kicked off on twitter where people were saying get rid of student debt and then some people were like no 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 don't get rid of student debt i had to pay mine back so why do these young people get away with it sort of thing you know that kind of language why would they get away with it yeah, i had to pay I it suffered, so you should yeah suffer so you should suffer life. why should you have it easier but surely like the everyone's aim is to make life easier for people <laughs> well I, like, and i think that's it life. Where where does that point come where your humanity sort of slides away? Like, I, I don't know, but it seems to be that that's a thing, doesn't it? Where because I do I I do think there is like often, especially with like obviously we talk about celebrities a lot, but you do see it in ones that like go I've come from nothing, I've made it, but then their mentality is you just need to. There is people that like oh, I've made it and I want to help other people make it and I want to give, yeah. I want to use the fact that I've got that. And I guess, yeah, it, you're saying it's that too, it is that thing of like, well, no, I've kind of, is, is it kind of ego, but also like self-preservation? Like if I don't help anyone else, then no one can take it from this thing that I've achieved against all odds. It's mine yeah. and I'm keeping hold of it and I'm not sharing it and it's for me and if I just keep hold of it then I'll be okay and I won't have to worry. But that in itself sounds exhausting. So <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't sound like a good way to live. No, and it's all resentment stuff, isn't it? And and like greed and envy and all these traits that are not very nice. But you know, that's where Yes, you could just go, yeah, but capitalism, I get that. But I think um, to to break it down a little bit more, you know, I, I remember growing up and like, especially like, because obviously I was a student, right? And in that world that was very alien to me, people would say things like, yeah, but oh, capitalism. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And I have no idea what they're talking about. You know, as I think this is this is what we mean when we say that, you know, capitalism creates monsters or whatever, is that you do grow up resenting people or thinking you know, one day I'll have that. But, yeah, where where does the, the humanity side kick in? I don't know. But anyway, this, this billionaire was a total dick and it made me so angry. Um, you know, and then, yeah, on the flip side, uh, our king, Marcus, he's just been an absolute legend. And if, and if he wants to put his money somewhere safe, then, you know, people always say, don't they, put get your money in properties and, and that's the way to do it or land. And... I guess like full circle it's what we always talk about as well of you can't say that if people are working class and then successful that all of a sudden they transcend the class it's about being able to have people have said that like yeah like if I have money I'm no longer working class yeah you can be a working class success story and just saying saying silly things like you transcend your class is taking away everybody's success you know you can still do that. And just this, this definition of success as well, it's all really murky waters, but yeah, just um, I think back to the safety net point as well. 
you know, Marcus Rashford, what if he has an accident? God forbid, touch all the wood you can, everybody. Um, if he had a physical accident, it meant he couldn't do his job. And he'd maybe just, like, you know, I was going to use a, a silly word there, but, like, splashed his cash everywhere, let's say. Um, and he wasn't, like, proper with his cash. Like we're saying about financial literacy. And he didn't do sensible things with it. Then he's lost which it. Which a lot of people he, do. Yeah, which they do, right? Because there is no literacy or whatever. And he wouldn't realise, because he's still very young, and then have nothing to show for it. Like, that that's Especially the other side. Careers that are relatively like, you know, you're not like a CEO of a business until you want to retire. If you want to retire early because you've made money, if you want to stay on because you like working, you're like, his, his career's got a shorter lifespan than other careers anyway. So, you know, he's not going to be earning this much money forever. Yeah. So he has to be sensible. So he's just being sensible. Yeah. But then again, the people say, like, oh, yeah, but he's investing in property, so really he's just a capitalist. But... <laughs> So like, oh, you can say that because away. you've got a safety net. Um, yeah. And I think I was thinking of then because somebody, once someone's client was like, um, debt shame and fear. And I don't know, I don't know how I feel about debt, but I was thinking of you saying like student debt. And it's weird that I guess debt's become more of the norm because more people are students and student debt is like a thing. So I don't like, does that differ to like other debt? And does it. Do, do we talk about debt more now? Because I guess people who are younger are having more debt and things like that. I don't know if I've, like, well, I've talked about debt openly, like, because that's just what we did when we were growing up. So I don't, but I can't even, and I don't move in circles where other people didn't have debt growing up. So yeah, it is, one. it is treated differently. And that's probably a discussion in itself. So when like if you go to the bank and they say you know how much credit do you have or whatever student debt is not classed as part of that it doesn't affect your credit score it's sat in this world away because it's deemed obviously that you're doing something good you know so it's giving you an education yeah like it's a good debt yeah which again like i say is is almost a topic for discussion like it's allowed to be treated completely separately because you're a student but okay who decided that <laughs> how how can we pick that apart but yeah i mean it's good it's good because it means again you know even my my own experience there was no way you know when i was that age it was the labor government and i got to go to uni because of you know a grant and the fact that it didn't touch my actual bank accounts or my credit score or whatever um, it was income assessed based on what my parents earned. So that meant that I could go to uni and there'd be loads and loads of people like me in that situation that got to uni um, and were able to do all these different things in their life with this opportunity and choices that they maybe wouldn't have had otherwise. So it's great. But yeah, how who decides that it's like good debt and allowed debt? Crazy talk. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to like, oh, this is avoidable debt and it's your own fault that you've got this debt. So that's bad debt. So you should have shame and fear around that because that's bad debt. <laughs> Yeah, which it always is that's right. Just, <laughs> Everyone's always telling you that. Means, that's bad debt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. But like you know, if you're if you're I don't know a single parent and maybe you had a kid young, and you're paying for like the open university around your full time job. Like, it's not open to you in the same way. No, 
what if you're just trying to go to college or you know it's like very much in this sort of framed in a particular way for it to be okay if you know what i mean um it almost should be like in an ideal world wouldn't it be nice to think um similar to to like what if the mortgage system worked the same like how cool would that be where it was just like yeah oh this is good debt right because i'm buying i'm putting money into housing and that's a great thing and everybody gets a shot at getting property and it's not debt and it's not oh you can't have a a mortgage because you've got catalogue debt get out instead everybody could have a house imagine that mad mad is a mad world it's bloody mad this money and dip um but so i guess like one of the things relating to that is um i've been reading this book called breasts and eggs um and it's by a japanese writer uh and the book itself is set in japan um and the the book is about a family who are working class so it's like working class women in in japan and they're talking a lot about how you're kind of pushed to succeed by your parents um and then when you do succeed you are then well it's kind of expected that you would share that money to the rest of the family um almost as a, as a thank you and it's just a done thing so you know you could be a doctor or you could be like inverted commas successful however you define successful and that money you could be technically you know making the same as i don't know a less successful inverted commas job but the money that you see is the same because you are supporting your family and i know selena we talked about this before about you know working class people being more generous generally speaking and we had people message us about that as well um working class people are always more more generous um but also, you know, depending on your family setup and your culture and, you know, there's all these different cultures and traditions around the world as well, where it, it absolutely is a thing. If you earn money, then that's you providing for the rest of your family, you know, and because, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think we were talking about it in terms of like not having safety debts, but then there is always that, that un, unspoken thing that oh such a body needs to lend some money or will you just give it to them off this person because this person's doing all right at the minute whoever's doing all right at the minute you just kind of know that then you're there to help people out you know me me with my savings (laughs) giving them away (laughs) i'm pretending i'm saving for something but really it's like this safety net for like everyone i know which is weird (laughs) but that's just what it is i feel like the don because i've got a safety net for everyone i'm like don't worry i'm here I can help you out. Come to my office. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is mad. And I think, you know, also seeing it as being working class people being more generous, there's, there's that whole thing, and um, which I, I didn't realise was a thing until after years of doing it and people laughing at me. And then I realised it was a thing because I read it somewhere that working class people don't let you leave their house until they've given you something. Did you did you know that's a oh thing? God. I've just but now you've said it. Whenever someone leaves, I'm like, oh, did I have something to give you? Hold on, and then I'm like, <laughs> mate, it's a thing. It's a total thing. So it blows my mind, and now oh I know God. it is as well. And I find myself doing it. I'm like, dickhead, you're doing it now. But yeah, I remember when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> your, your nan's always like, oh, do you want some butties? Oh, do you want this half half a quiche? What's in fridge? Oh, do you want this half a bottle of shampoo it's that sh- I've got spare? I'm all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
believe that. That's wild. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is what I do. Yeah, because someone commented, it was like, um, how you find? Yeah, you like you were saying, we working class friends and family more generous, but then often like you middle class people, friends in your life are like, um, have you got that two pound? <laughs> you owe me two pound. Get over it. Honestly, but when well, it's even like people will go, oh, I'll get these, and you say, oh, thanks. But then two weeks later, you find out they just simply meant, I'll get it right now, but you can give yeah, me that one, pay, one yeah, pound like, 32 I'll later. <laughs> I'll pay for it and then I'll I'll bill you the one pound 12. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I just bought it myself. I was thinking as well, actually, the other day, I, I, um, I think I was, I was having a walk and I was thinking again, like when I was young, you know, and I used to go out um, and people were like, oh, I'll get you a drink. And I, I'm terrible. And I'm, I'm just tight. Like, I'm... I'm generous, but then there's things where, like, anything to do with, like, getting around, people are like, I'll buy you a drink, and I'd go, oh, you can if you want, but I'm not going to buy you one back. Like, I used to say that. And I think, <laughs> you know, I was setting this present, I'm like, because as well, I, I didn't drink a lot, and, you know, and then you get in that habit, it's like, it's your round, it's my round, it's like, but I don't want another one. Or, you know, people are like, we're doing rounds, and then you, you go to the bank, it's like 30 quid, and you're like, I literally just wanted a lime and soda. Yeah, because like my splitting mom the bills as well. You know when you're going out and splitting the bill, and you're like, because my mum, she makes me laugh so much, because she, she, whether she's going out, like we work people or something, she'll look up the menu, and she'll be like, right, I'm having this salad. She doesn't she doesn't have a drink, because it makes her too full. It doesn't work for her guts. So she doesn't have a drink when she's out. If she would, she'd probably only have tap water, but she doesn't. Um, so yeah, she doesn't get any wine. She don't get a big fancy steak or anything. So she's like, I'll have this salad and that's me done. And she'll take the exact money and a bit of a tip. And she's like, that she knows what she's putting in. And then as soon as they're saying, like, I'm splitting the bill, she's like, no, you're not splitting the bill. I've brought me that amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's where I go from when people are like, I'll get you a drink. And I'm like, you can't, but I'm not going to buy you one back. I'm just, you know, I'm just letting them know that we're not getting into this habit where it's this weird thing, like, if I want to buy someone, like, I'll even now, I'll, like, I'll go out and be like, oh, no, don't worry, I'll get you this cup of tea. But I think it was more, the fact that, you know, you worried about the fact that you'd be spending more than you had on a night out because, yeah. oh, well, it's your turn to buy the drinks. Like, well, I literally have only got my taxi fare home now, so... And then people be grudging, well, I bought you with another drink. Like, well, I didn't ask you to buy me a drink. <laughs> so he's like, you can't, but I'm not going to buy you one back. Well, that's all like, part of that shame thing as well well if you you can but i'm happy just to buy my own and you buy your own it's fine yeah but yeah yeah i hate doing that it's one of them things that becomes such a normal thing that people who aren't working class totally don't think twice about well it's fair we we all we all split it no mate you've had three lagers a fucking steak (laughs) (laughs) a pudding And I've just had my bowl of chips, so no. Do you know what? I'm not paying more more than my meal actually costs. Because it's all right how it works out. They're always paying less. So that's how they've got money. Um, that's how they've yeah, got yeah. savings. <laughs> that's it. That that comes back to like an outcome and that. The only reason people stay rich is because they're bloody tight. That's what it says. Ten bob millionaire, which she's like, you don't have any money. Because as soon as you get it, you spend it like you've got loads of money. Ooh, ten bob millionaire. Um, but yeah, I always find that funny. So what else coveted similar to that is like tipping, um, and how people don't do it properly. And there's the whole that's again another unwritten rule. It's either that thing where you don't know how much to tip or what's correct, but then also that thing where I've had it where you with someone and they go, "Well, I'll just put like whatever's in my purse," and they bring like a ten p and a five p out, and you're like, "No, because that just looks really tight, and you can't just leave someone like your shrapnel." 
that's no no you can't do that yeah, bad form so, bad form people that's another whole a whole thing how do i do my tipping <laughs> to know how do i do anything money it's confusing and yeah unless unless you've been in them jobs where you know how important tipping is and maybe even that you understand the rules of tipping that that's another kind of um trapdoor to fall in when you're not used to it like i remember you know as um as you kind of get a little bit more money or you get older and you think just things like going to hair salons or going getting beauty treatments um if people don't know when they're listening this you should be tipping and again if you haven't worked in that industry you maybe wouldn't know so then you accidentally become that person who doesn't tip and you didn't even know to tip but then you know maybe one day you then realize you do and you think well how much should i tip you just don't know pitfalls everywhere opportunities to make you look bad um just this this world doesn't doesn't tell you all the things we basically we need to figure out some way of having like a this financial literary literary literacy cheat sheet but it's like specifically to working class people <laughs> You were saying the other day, it's like, how to, yeah, like, I need to know how this works, what this means, why do I need this in my life, what am I missing out on, what's the secret, you know, the secret that no one's told me, like, how does it all work, I just don't know. Yeah, and like that moment where Kerry just lit a cig off the hob, like, there there are certain things that just give you a way through your whole life, which makes you nouveau riche, right, instead of just, like, rich like the other people, you don't all of a sudden become that level of class. You get money, but money doesn't buy class, as we uh, we put like a nice badge out, didn't we, to that topic once. And um, yeah, I think it, it works the same way around. Like if you're a rich person, you don't all of a sudden start doing things like that and not realise. You know, you, you're like set for life. You've got all these things that you don't even have to worry about and all these social rules that don't shame you all the time. Um, so yeah, I think... I think money is always going to be a very interesting topic and it's shrouded in all these working class rules that you don't talk about either. So I think for for us, people, if you want to talk about money in the DMs, come and talk to us, we're up for it. <laughs> Even if you I want think, to be anonymous. The kind of overriding feeling that people got as well was kind of like not knowing stuff and things like shame and fear and guilt, like whether that was like shame and stuff if you're in like a relationship that's got a big wealthy vibe a few people were talking about that and like how to handle that and how to feel comfortable if you're now living comfortably and not feel guilty about it and like all these feelings that are attached to money and a lot of them are kind of like negative feelings mm. even even when you've got money you're still kind of like oh you know I think that that's the general the theme that we got from people is like but now and you like i've got this now so does this change who i am and oh how do i handle this situation if my partner's got loads of money and how do i do this and how do i know how much money i should be earning it's just yeah it's it's a it's a big unknown it's a big scary unknown that it, i think still fills people with a lot of guilt and shame yeah and and kind of puts you in your place as well in a really gross kind of way um like if if we take the the topic of dating someone um and and there's a a wealth divide i I've talked a little bit about my experience of that before, but in particular um the person that I was with at the time was buying a house, 
and his mum literally drafted up a prenup. <laughs> Just expected like, me to sign it. You feel? Like, and I was yeah. like, uh, what the fuck is this? And it, he just didn't really get it at all, um, because obviously it wouldn't. And it was just like, I was like, I'm not fucking signing that. He's like, well, why not? I was like, what, do you think I'm after your money or something? He's like, well, no, that's not the point. He's like, well, you know, if, you t- if you're telling me, you know, you're not after my money, then why would you not sign it? And I was like, oh, my God, you don't get it at all. <laughs> because the fact that you want me to sign it is it's you fucking saying principle. you're after my money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Just just horrible. Money is just horrible. Um, but at the same time, I do want it. So if everybody's got some money they want to give me, um, I, I do have dreams of being fully nouveau riche. Not by any means that prick of a billionaire from Stoke. Like, I'm not going to spend 12 grand on a chair. But, you know, I might get a nice fancy chair maybe one day. I actually, I actually can't wait until you're nouveau riche. It's like, it's like my... You know when people have, like, a goals in life and 10-year plans and shit like that? You know, I never yeah. had that, but... I think my goal in life is for me to come round to your silly pad that you've got with like your ridiculous your gold statues and shit and I'd be like loving it, loving it. That's all I want. Just a bit of gold part round the house in various animal shapes. That's, that's all I wanted. But then as well I feel like if anyone I know like I've always said it's like out of the people I know, you and my brother are going would get like Nuru Rish. And I just can't wait. I'm, you know, I'm happy to just because I've always like, I'm just happy to earn enough for me to live. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm that, I'm that kind of person. Which I don't even know how much that is or what that would look like. <laughs> but you know, have my space and be safe and have and to be able to do stuff. But I also want people in my life to make loads of money so I can just, you know, lap that up. Well, you want like I can't the... bother to do it, but you could do it for me. <laughs> you want them people in your life that still do good. So they're still going to be generous and they're still going to like treat everyone, but also just live like this ridiculous life. It's like when, when you watch films or you read books or whatever and someone's like, yeah, I've just bought a cabin in the woods like, and it's boss and everyone can come and stay there for free. That's what you want from your friends. <laughs> I've just got a, I've got a pool. Do you want to come around and use it? Fucking yes. Too yes, late. I do. Too late for me to change my career path. I've chosen the life of, a, of an artist and a retail worker, so I'm definitely not the person that's getting nouveau-ish. Um, so, <laughs> I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm too... I can't be bothered to change my career path now, Em, so please, can you do that for me? Thank you. Don't worry, lass, don't worry. When you have, like, you know, like, a chippy in your house. Mate, I, I can remember being a kid and watching Richie Rich and being like, oh, my God, my boyfriend Macaulay Culkin has a McDonald's <laughs> in his house right and just being like fucking hell and then i remember when i first got a blackberry like because you remember i always used to have tech like straight away even years and years ago and um i remember getting a blackberry and just being like fucking hell i'm so nouveau riche like this is amazing nouveau riche since i learned the phrase has been my goal in life to just be like just keep it real, keep being me, but just have like fancy things and just be like, yeah, that's right. I've got fancy things. I can have fancy things as well, you know. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but that's that's the vibe. Um, but like, I think maybe it comes from my nan as well because my nan lived in a terrace house in um, like right by the town centre in St. Helens. So if, if you know St. Helens, you, you'll know the vibe. And um, she was the most generous person ever, right? Just like an absolute legend. And she always looked, like, super fabulous, right? 
and all of her jewellery was costume jewellery and all of her clothes. Like, none of it was, you know, brands or, like, luxury items. Like, all the money went on her family and, and like, some amazing nouveau riche shit in her house. Like, she loved pot dogs and, like, you know, just, just gold stuff. Like, you know, not real gold, but, yeah. And I just think that that, to me, is, you know, feeling fancy in yourself is really, you know, you don't have to buy a coat that's a grand to feel fancy in yourself. You know, you make the money that you make, you do right by people, you look after your family and yourself, you know, you make sure that if anyone's ill or if anyone needs money that you can help them. And, yeah, you. Do, I don't know, I think she's just the absolute goal for it. She always looked just amazing, you know, and, we, like, all those grandkids and stuff when we'd go around would just be dressing up in all the stuff, you know, like silk scarves and costume jewellery and, like, little plastic shoes and stuff. And we'd just be, like, feeling so fancy and amazing. Um, and like Selena, you will have seen in my house. I mean, I know you've not been to this one, but I've had this particular lamp for years. But she also had all these lamps that were, um, do you know, like pot ladies, if that makes sense. So it's like ladies with umbrellas made out of pot and like ladies walking in the rain, reading poetry. But do you know, like all these statues that will have been a lot of money at the time. And I've got one in my house now. And um, I just love it. I don't know how much it would have cost her, but it, it just feels fancy. And like this, you know, you know, sometimes when you just sit in your house and you're like, yes, these are my things and I like my things. I'm definitely a things person. Me too. Mmm, <laughs> things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> look at all my things. Capitalist, <laughs> look at all my things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't afford fuck all. Got got horrible bills coming out my ass. But look at my fancy things. <laughs> look at me lamp. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, were there any other things that came in to talk about? Or I mean, um, we've done loads now. Done now and off. Uh, what was it you saying? Fatima saying. Oh, that was about financial literacy. Yeah, and how? Yeah. How do we? I guess, how do we help young people, right? What what can we do to help younger people to try and avoid the pitfalls that we've fallen in? Because we're old now, right? <laughs> we're old well, people now. Well. And if young people are still saying the same things that we're saying at our age, then, then nobody's going to... They're going to get to our age and then still be saying the same things. And if they have kids, then they're not going to... You know, and like, if we have kids, we won't... No, because we won't show, teach our kids. We won't teach their kids and the next yeah. generation so you know we're being kept out of this loop so i guess it is just like like you're saying like financial literacy but not in the way that like that will fix everything just it's giving what is it like they're saying like having the tools so you know what to do and yeah and, and how to use them yeah like equipping and, people yeah and not making people feel like you know you have to speak to people on a on a way that is like accessible to all different people and different backgrounds rather than saying yes here's what you'll need to ask for at your salaried role when you're a girl boss you know <laughs> people are not going to be offered pensions all the time you know how how do you just talk to people about um savings pots or you know for example like and again we'll plug monzo because monzo is awesome you know being able to set budgets for yourself and even though sometimes it is you know you've got um like you're not sure even if you're going to get to the end of the month you can still use budget pots it's not about even savings at this point it's about saying right sitting down and doing a bit of maths and going right okay the bus fare is x amount 
every day and I go to work five days a week and in this month there are X amount of days in this month so that means in my transport budget is X, right? Because sometimes, you know, we're all guilty of it. We'll all just be like, um, maybe, I don't know, just eat. Just eat is a thief of everybody's money. <laughs> maybe like, <laughs> you know, and I think it makes you think about your money more, doesn't it? If you plan yeah, it out and, to the penny. And that's what this essay that started all this off was saying. And I completely agree with that. But I think it was the fact that it kind of made it sound like that was the answer. But it's weird because, like, my sister's really into that. Like, they always say, like, my brother's terrible with money. He's, 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 he's diabolical with money. My mum's not the best, but he's, he's, he's like, he, yeah, he's not good with money. So I don't know how I'm expecting him to get a nouveau riche. But <laughs> he will, but then he'll lose it, like, four times, you know, it'd be one of them. Um, and then, but my sister, like, I'm, I'm pretty good with money in the grand scheme of things in my family. But my sister is quite good and she's go like she had student debt but she had other debt as well and she's very organized and she's really into like budget planning and trying to get a debt down so like because she owned a flat with a previous partner and now she doesn't and she's back renting and now she's got a child and I think she wants to get a bit more like have a bit more safety but yeah she's really and she's got like you know she's into like this she's got like this Instagram page now where she's all about budgeting and getting cheap deals and stuff like that and it's like this fun thing that she's done and she like gets like she loves seeing it when like a debt's going down and stuff. And I think in terms of like things like that, it's it's overwhelming and hard if you're in a place where you've got debt. Because I think because we grew up with like no money and debt, she doesn't want that, and she's yeah. trying to like get rid of that. Um, not even for like a shame thing, just for like a to have a like a less stressful life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I feel like she's very good at things like that and I'm, yeah he's like oh yeah I just love how you're like budgeting everything and working out how much things cost and what you spend it on I'm like that's a lot of effort <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to do that but I feel like if I had more responsibilities i.e a child uh, then I probably probably would just be like oh do me one go on do me a budget planner go on sort me out <laughs> but you know even where to start and, and I think that's why if we go back to right to the beginning of this if it was something that was given out in schools or if local councils gave them out or you know like local councils run loads of free sessions for people who are in business which I knew about when I sort of tapped into that world you know got funding to start a business up but where's where's that bit where we just actually by default say to everybody all right here's a here's a zine or whatever we made you know with that same amount of money that could pay for I don't know some biscuits and some coffees at a business meeting how about we look at getting some copies made or, or even a bloody email newsletter whatever it is where we actually focus on helping people get better with money at, at whatever level they're at i mean it would yeah. just be awesome wouldn't it i mean we know why because the the divide is beneficial to lots of people in our society um but yeah maybe it's something we do at some point i think what's hard for us is we you know probably not in the best position to be able to tell people <laughs> what no, to do with their money. Like, I'd like to be able to, like, we could ask people and get people to tell us how it works and what it all means, and then we can share that information. Because yeah. that, that, saying, that was another thing that a lot of people were saying, like, where do you learn this stuff? How do you know? Nobody tells you. It's like, you're just meant to know, and if you don't know, well, then... Well, then you fail, and that's how you learn, right? You, I feel like with us, in our world, you fail, and that's how you learn. You become a cautionary tale to the rest of your community when you fail. 
Just don't be like them and you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, God, don't be like her. Bloody hell. But I think I think that's literally it. Or you learn it on a TV show or something. Yeah, my, my brain feels a bit fried now. You're not thinking you're just going to get off this call and immediately take pen to paper, get a calculator out, start drawing up your future plans to become a billionaire. <laughs> Invest in my money, some stocks and shares. Do you remember when you were a kid and then, was it the was it Bonds? What was, was it called? Oh there's yeah, Bonds, somebody, yeah. There's always someone who someone's nan had got some Bonds in their name and they'd cashed it in and they had like 150 quid or something. My nan's gone to Spain, she, she got... <laughs> was it like football bonds? Am I making this up? Like you thinking of the pools? The pools, the pool, that's what it is. <laughs> no, yeah, the bonds was when you like your nan bought you a bond and you cashed it in when yes. you were like eighteen and you were supposed to get big money. And then there was also like my nan's also come big on the pool, so we're going to Spain. Well, yeah, that, we uh, we had Ray the coupon man, and he was the pools. And he used to come round, and everybody knew Ray. He used to come round, sit on kitchen table, and dash out, you know, spot the ball. Do you remember that? Yeah, and he was just some bloke. Like when we were kids, he was—he was almost like a family friend. You know what? It's Ray. Ray's just coming round, sitting on the kitchen table, sorting out all the pools for the week. But like when you're grown up, you think, "What the hell? Who was Ray?" <laughs> Ray's just going around everyone's house, like, oh, "All right, come was on." Was Ray making money though? How does it? I don't know. Is it like? I guess it's like a what you, you don't win, he keeps, isn't it? Is that how it works? Don't know. If anybody's listening to this and your dad were a coupon man. Let us know. Or your uncle. Your nan's been big on the pools. How did it yeah. work? We, Maybe we someone... Uh... This is the financial literacy we need to know about. <laughs> yeah, because we can start being coupon men. Bring back the pools. We'll all be rich. We'll all have fancy gold lamps and shit. Well, that's what they... like. If you talk to any, again, working class people of a certain generation, they love the Irish lottery, don't they? Oh, yeah, Irish lottery. You win loads on Irish lottery compared to all the other ones. Oh, postcode lottery, yeah. Yeah, my mum keeps saying she's going to play the postcode lottery because apparently you win bigger, but she hasn't She hasn't played it yet. I've been playing the fucking lottery since day one, mate, because of these ideas of grandeur. I've, I've got a direct debit on. So oh, I don't... You? Yeah, I play my same numbers every week. I am. Um, I'm not getting nowhere. To, I've not done it for a while. I used to get a, a payday scratch card. Yeah. I'd get a payday pie for me, you know, because I'm bougie. Hmm. Um, but eat shut down, and then I still get a payday scratch card. <laughs> Mate, the scratch cards I've bought in my life, and here I still am without a pool in LA. Do you know what I mean? Piss take. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's a con. Right. So before you go, then what are you? What are you having for your tea? Well, do you know what I said? Th- this is me doing my um, good savings, this. I actually do have uh, a pot for eating out <laughs> on my motto. And I have a designated spend for eating out. Um, but when I do it on a weekend, because I used to just do like Friday night, Saturday night, <laughs> spend my money on takeaways. Um, mostly when I get sad, I just spend money on takeaways. And, um, like you and everybody else at the minute probably doing that. Well, yeah, for sure, right? I am not alone. Um, I, I had this amazing hack, this amazing life-saving hack here, where I realised, why not order it on the Friday night and pay delivery only yeah. once? So, How that's what you I do. order for Friday and Saturday? Yeah, and then only pay delivery once. Or sometimes if you order enough, because you're spending more, then you get free delivery anyway. See, I feel like 
need Look to give that. that one to Si with my sister. She's always scanning all these receipts and getting all these <laughs> money back and money off a of utility bill. I tell you, she's she's on she's onto a right scheme. She's she's got maybe she's going to be the one that's new for me. <laughs> Mate, I'm here for it. I'm here for coming round her house because also she, she's she got a nice eye for the old interior design, colour schemes and stuff. I'm always replying to size post me. <laughs> me and Jenny. Jenny's got a beaut house as well. Yeah. So uh, so what did you order then last night? So oh, I, got... I already know actually. But then what did you order for tonight? Well, so I got tofu pad thai last night, but then I also ordered for me tea tonight so it's in fridge. Um, like tofu uh, fried rice as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have you got With any t- sweet corn fritters for tonight? Well, I only had half yesterday, you see. Mm, and then I ordered two cans of pop, didn't I? <laughs> and, you, and you've not drank them? Did you say, you've saved it for tonight? So I just had, yeah, split it one and one. Brilliant. I'm only having soup. It's not very Saturday night tea, that is it? I think you need to just have a word, mate. Um, but I had I had a big dinner and a shop might have come, so we might have some treats. But tomorrow I'm having a jam sponge pudding. Oh, <gasps> yes. So, you know, Casbo's favourite, that. Saving all the excitement for tomorrow. You see, I've got my big shop coming tomorrow. So this weekend is like waffles for breakfast, waffles for dinner, <laughs> <laughs> takeaway for tea. on a plate at once that's it it'd be like a buffet on one plate tomorrow of which i'll probably send you a picture like i always do <laughs> love it oh. right well i'm off to watch keanu tonight so that's what i'm gonna do get ready like my mum did overnight for grand designs i've had a wash i've i've been at bath i've washed my hair ready for kev that's what my actual mum said about grand designs this week so tonight i'm gonna get all ready for keanu get my pajamas on Get yourself sat down. Yeah, yeah get me pop and me dinners. So, yeah, what about you? What are you doing tonight? Uh, I've, I've been sucked into the mask singer. Oh, mate. So, I didn't want to, but also, what else is there to do? Even my sister was not. My mum was like, this is shit. I'm like, you watch a lot of shit. And then we're all just <laughs> like, you know, we're all texting each other and stuff, you know. Something to do, innit? Camaraderie, getting involved. Mate, Twitter yeah. goes mad every week for Mass Singer. I don't even need to watch it, me, to know who's on it. I fucking love it. Well, enjoy those masked people singing songs for you. And, uh, yeah, I'll go and have hearts for eyes for Keanu. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> see ya.